What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer, joined today by Matt Eddy to discuss MLB's proposal of all 30 teams playing their games in Arizona, as well as the new proposal that just came out suggesting that teams might split the season with 15 teams playing at Grapefruit League sites in Florida, as well as Miami and Tampa Bay, and the other 15 teams playing in Arizona Matt, I want to focus on Arizona with you because the climate and the conditions in Arizona could lead to some very different styles of baseball than we're used to seeing. We've talked about all the potential changes with roster sizes and all the challenges that major league teams face keeping everyone quarantined, but the physical play on the field might look very different as well. There's been talk of robot umps in an automated strike zone. But even beyond that, just the way that the game is played out there can be a little different. One of the things you brought up was the faster playing surface. You're in the desert. It's very, very dry. And we see in some other desert climates, the infield plays a lot faster. You take that combined with the altitude of the greater Phoenix area. It's about 1,000 feet up. You have dry desert conditions that allow the balls to fly a little bit. If all 30 teams or even just 15 teams are playing in Arizona, the conditions would be ripe for an offensive surge. Yeah, and you mentioned the the lack of humidity and the high temperature and the altitude. Those things are well understood, I think, by baseball fans. But I think what gets overlooked, perhaps, is is the faster playing surfaces because of all the sunlight on those fields, those hard hard diamonds just getting all that heat. Um, and this is a constant complaint you get from from people who who play in the like in the Pacific Coast League and the California League, the southern part of it. Um, and what this means is it means more, you know, the, the faster surface means more hits get through the infield. It means more balls get by outfielders. So you're going to see that sort of impact, I think, in the numbers. And last year, the Arizona League, you know, it's a rookie complex level, had a 342 batting average on balls in play, which was easily the highest in the minor leagues, in the U.S. minor leagues. Yeah, we do see in a lot of desert climates, Lancaster and then previously high desert, while the elevation absolutely had a lot to do with the increase in offense there, a lot of scouts, a lot of players, a lot of managers, a lot of coaches talked about just because you were in true desert climates in those areas as well, the infield dirt was just a lot harder. Ground balls came Mm -hmm. at you a lot faster. It led to a lot more errors. And like you said, it led to a lot more balls getting through. That would be something that I think would be interesting to see just because people have talked so much about everything strike out, home run, walk. But if everyone's playing in Arizona, the infield surfaces are playing faster. Do you think we'd see any kind of adjustment where teams start putting a little more emphasis on contact just because they're more likely to get a hit by putting it in play? Yeah, one one would hope so. I think I would be excited by that just personally, kind of this return to more of a 1980s mentality when artificial turf, like the old fast turf, was was you know half the league, like half the National League had this surface. And as a result, you would see an emphasis on range and speed, athleticism, arm strength, especially up in the middle. And as a result of this, the defenders also have to play a little deeper too to make sure they can get get that hop that they want. So 
all of these factors, yes, I think could could contribute to small ball slash bunting and infield hits increasing quite a bit. A lot of factors that we could see an increase in offense as a result of. But there's also some factors here that could in other ways decrease offense and cancel out those potential advantages. And one of the biggest things is how they're going to treat base runners. Given social distancing measures, given all the recommendations, one of the things that's been talked about is because you don't want to have the first baseman and the runner on first conversing as usual, holding them on, keeping that close distance. There's been some talk about essentially mooring base runners to the base. So the first baseman just plays off. The runner stays on first base. Creates a bit of a different dynamic in terms of positioning, shifting, and also what happens when balls are in play. You can see more double plays, fewer runners scoring on hits. They can't get the leads they're used to. The hole is closed to left-handed hitters with the runner on first base. It changes a little bit, and we could see that decrease the offense. What do you think of this aspect? Because, again, one of the biggest things has been you have to maintain the social distancing. We've seen it in the discussion about players wouldn't sit in the dugout. They would sit in the stands six feet apart keeping players in positions on the field where they're not holding runners on and keeping that distance, it really changes the dynamic of really how the game is played in a lot of ways. Yeah, it does. I think more than is commonly acknowledged, the, the, the role that the, the lead, the runner on first base can get, I think plays a, a big role. You know, you mentioned the double plays. I think that's a um, not as widely recognized factor, um, you know, but runners scoring from first base on doubles and triples or doubles rather. Um, and then, like a big, like a big little uh, stratomatic hack I've been playing for nearly 20 years is you want to put your left-handed hitter after a guy with a high single or walk rate, so that you can get that that open hole on the right side to try to get a hit and maybe, maybe advance the runner to third base. But uh, just to make clear, this is something that executive editor JJ Cooper has kind of dreamed up the idea of this. Um, not allowing runners to take leads and therefore not having defenders hold the runner just to maintain that social distancing. The question I have for you is because the other changes we could see in a scenario where games are played in Arizona are a lot more natural. Again, we talked about surfaces. We're going to get a little more to pitchers and how the dry air affects their ability to grip the baseball. This is the one that's more human made. Do you feel like this would be a step too far, essentially mooring runners to the base? Because I personally feel like it would be, and it's something that I would shy away from. Oh, yeah. I don't think it would resemble baseball as we know it to, to disallow you know, runners taking leads. It's not something I would be excited to see. Moving back onto the pitchers, you'll remember in Arizona and Chase Field, they installed a humidor in 2018, and it had an effect of decreasing offense. But the stated reason they did it was to help pitchers grip the ball better. Again, the dry air, the desert climate really affects their ability to grip the baseball. If everyone's playing in Arizona outdoors because Chase Field is covered, but the spring training facilities are not, this becomes an issue. Pitchers not really able to get the type of grips on the, on the ball they want. What kind of effects do you think we would see from that? Yeah, you know, you, you talk with pitchers sometimes who train in Arizona. And even in the spring, you know, they'll say, they have trouble gripping the ball like they're accustomed to just because of that lack of humidity. Um, it seems to have the biggest impact on, on breaking ball, you know, control and, and spin on breaking balls. So as a result, you might see fastball and change up pitchers, you know, gain or be at less of a disadvantage as some of the breaking ball dominant pitchers. Um, so as a result, we might see fewer strikeouts. That might be a positive, but again, you factor that with the, 
some of the the ball traveling factors and that might not be a great thing. <laughs> um, the other thing that interested me about this, and we see it a lot every year, guys going to different climates and kind of having an effect on them is more blisters. A lot of pitchers have talked about if you're only getting a two to three week spring training, that's not really enough time to ramp up if you're a starting pitcher. There's already a lot of concern about the risk of injury, potentially now in this dry climate. Do you think we'd see an increase in blisters potentially as well? That's just something I've speculated, you know, but then again, Baseball has been played outdoors in, in the state of Arizona for a long time. You know, it's a long time AAA. Uh, as long time has hosted AAA teams, you know. So I don't know. I'm just speculating on that one. Do you have an opinion on that? I don't think it would be major. Again, I think much more significant would be what we talked about. Dry air, less grip on the baseball. Again, we saw the Diamondbacks put a humidor into Chase Field specifically because of this. I do think that we do see a lot of signs here pointing to if all these games are played in Arizona, again, whether that's all 30 teams or only 15 teams, I do think we would see a surge in offense just because, again, a little bit of elevation, the dry desert climate, faster playing surfaces, lesser ability to consistently grip breaking balls. I, I do think all this would add up to some sort of offensive gain. The question I have for you is how much are we talking here? Well, the Arizona League is the highest, um, like the third highest run scoring league in the U.S. minors. Now you might say, well, they have the most, they have the least experienced pitchers and defenders and even umpires. And the field conditions aren't necessarily that great compared with other minor leagues. But then again, if you look at the Gulf Coast League, the numbers are not nearly so dramatic. And that's the same exact level of play. So I think it could be pretty dramatic when we throw all these factors on top of each other and we see how the Arizona League has traditionally played. Um, and again, it, it's all balls in play. The home run rate in the Arizona League is like third lowest in the minors. And again, I think it's important to point out too from the major league perspective, Arizona was absolutely a hitter-friendly place to play for a long, long time. Again, they put the humidor in. It took that down a good bit. Obviously, Colorado was the standard of inflating offense in Major League Baseball. Arizona was obviously nowhere near that, but it was definitely another consideration. Playing the NL West was really kind of a case of extremes. You had Petco Park, Dodger Stadium, and AT&T Park in San Francisco on one side, now Oracle Park. On the other side of that, you had Coors Field, and Chase Field belonged in that other section. They were on that end of the spectrum of this was a really offensively friendly park. And I do think if you go out to Arizona and play 100, 120 games there all around the greater Phoenix area, you would see a bump in offense compared to what you would otherwise see. No question about it. How dramatic is it? It has a chance to be decently dramatic. I do agree with you on that. And I think the, the proof is in just the compare, just compare what the Gulf Coast League and the Arizona League played like last year. Keeping in mind they're the same exact level, similar facilities and umpiring, et cetera. And I think you'll see what we're talking about. Matt, the last part of this proposal that generated a lot of conversation, as it has for some time, is the potential use of an automated strike zone, having umpires standing six feet back from the plate letting the automated strike zone call balls and strikes. We saw this in the Arizona Fall League. There was definitely some issues with it. A lot of people talked about this would need a lot of years of tweaking before it could be implemented in the major leagues. Now they're talking about implementing it right away. What potential pratfalls do you see with this implementation and the effects potentially on the game as a whole? 
Yeah, again, this would be done probably in the name of social distancing, you know, remove the, the batter and the catcher from such close proximity. Um, I think what would be interesting to me to see from this experiment would be how teams treat the attributes of the catcher position. Um, if, if clean receiving and, and framing are no longer rewarded to such a degree as they are now, will we see you know, catchers who aren't so adept at that but have strong arms or strong blocking skills? Will we see those guys become the dominant um, starting catchers? You know, will arm strength even matter if runners aren't allowed to steal bases? And the biggest thing that I keep going back to is we saw some very questionable strike calls and the system is not perfected yet. I keep going back to that. There's still tweaks that need to be made. And I don't know if rushing it into use for Major League Baseball is necessarily the right thing to do. All in all, again, I want to go back to what JJ and I talked about on the podcast yesterday, which was first and foremost, before this plan, any version of the plan to get Major League Baseball back out on the field, whether it's all in Arizona or split between Arizona and Florida, it's all dependent on the advances made and available tests and the turnaround time of those tests and just getting the coronavirus under more control in the United States than it presently is. That is first and foremost the most important thing. This is the step after that. If those things happen and if baseball is played in this format, in Arizona, at least half of the league and potentially all of the league, what would it look like? I think the main question I have for you, Matt, and this is a subjective personal opinion, all these changes we're talking about, offense up, runners potentially moored to a base, automated strike zone, is the change so much that it would be a problem for you or would you just be happy to have baseball back and you deal with the changes? I think it's more of the latter for me, you know. I'm a traditionalist in some sense, but not not to the point of excluding Major League Baseball this season. Um, and I think, you know, all change is, is um, inevitable in baseball, although it's very, very gradual. Yeah, again, I go back to keeping runners more to a base just does not work for me on a lot of levels. That's very problematic to me. The automated strike zone is also, I just go back to watching it in the fall league. It's a good idea it needs work it needs development i think you're asking for a lot of problems if you try and rush it into use right away in may june july but we'll find out it's something that a lot of things again have to happen before this can potentially become a reality and obviously i think everyone involved hopes that baseball can come back in some form or fashion this year and faster playing surfaces drier conditions extreme heat later start times potentially if you're playing at 6 p.m in arizona it's a 9 p.m start time on the east coast Everyone can overcome those things, just overcoming the virus and then potentially substantial changes to the rules. Those, to me, are are two separate categories. Yeah, the heat is a really good point. It's probably being not stressed enough in all these discussions. You know, how Major League Baseball, will the players be on board with playing in such extreme conditions? Or will they just have to play like 8 o'clock local, 8 o'clock morning, you know, a.m. times and and then like have a game of the day in Chase Field with the, with the roof closed. <laughs> One of the biggest things is Chase Field installed synthetic turf. So that allows you to potentially play double headers. In theory, you could do triple headers, although I don't think that would happen. So that helps in that regard. And again, with the heat, there's so many major showcases that are played in Arizona every summer. The AZL is out there. 
The heat is not fun. I went to college out there. It's not fun, but you deal with it. And these are professionals. These are really, really adaptable men who know how to play in different circumstances. We see players play in extreme heat all the time, and I think they would deal with it. Yeah, because I guess, you know, they do chase field. They play on, you know, the roof of And again, we will see what happens. Again, a lot of steps have to be taken before this comes into play, what those changes might be. Matt, thank you so much for joining us and providing us your insights today on what baseball might look like if we're all back in Arizona in a few months. Yeah, thanks, Kyle, for having me. I had to, I wanted to jump on this show with you because you and JJ did such a great job uh, kind of setting the tone yesterday with your Arizona podcast. Appreciate it, and uh, we're happy to provide as much as we can to all you listeners out there. Once again, thank you to all our subscribers here at Baseball America. For Matt Eddy, I'm Kyle Glazer. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.